After three long years of trying to grow our family to no avail, my wife and I were at what we thought was going to be the end of that grueling road. Embryo transfer day had finally arrived and our hope quickly blossomed into excitement and anticipation for our little ones who we just knew were nestling snugly into my womb. Until we got the call. Your pregnancy test is negative. I'm sorry, but your transfer wasn't successful. Those words still sting, and our hearts still long for what we thought was and what we desire so much to be. IVF brings so much hope and happiness to couples like us all the time, but this wasn't our time. And the grief that it brought into our lives wasn't what we were prepared for. Join me on today's episode of the Unspoken Cycle podcast as I talk about my journey with IVF, the irony of the hope that it restores and diminishes, and how we can nurture our hearts back to a place of hopefulness again. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Unspoken Cycle Podcast, where women of all ages and stages in life can find guidance and solace from life's everyday stresses. In each episode, we'll tackle a range of topics, including relationships, health, fertility, self-love, careers, mental illness, and more. Stay, Stay tuned, tuned for valuable insights, personal anecdotes, and the comfort of knowing you're not, you're not alone. alone. Here's your host, Leah Vaughn. Hello, ladies. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of the Unspoken Cycle podcast. How are y'all doing today? I hope you are well and feeling great this morning or this afternoon or this evening, whatever time it is where you are at. It is early in the morning here for me. I try to get my podcasts recorded during the morning quiet time that I have before I get my day started while I have, you know, a quiet house and all of that good stuff. So, so yesterday was the Super Bowl. I am not particularly a person who watches a ton of sports. When I was younger, I used to um, watch a lot of basketball and football and baseball. And my dad always took me to games and it was a lot of fun. Some great childhood memories there. But the older I got, I don't know, it just kind of fizzled out for me. I do have my team favorites, though. I grew up in Central Valley, California. My dad was born and raised for part of his childhood in Oakland. So we are Bay Area fans. We are San Francisco fans. And I was really rooting for my Niners. They've been just my heartfelt fave football team since I can remember. I have a um, an old sideline uh, jacket that my mom kept in her closet for a really long time. I've got it here with me in mine now. And I was just really hoping that they would pull through. However, they did not. And that's okay. You can't, you know, win them all, win some, lose some. This is the second time we've been to the Super Bowl in the last three years. That does make me feel good. But I really wish we would have shown the Chiefs what's up this time because, you know, we can't keep meeting like this and not showing up. I mean, it was a good game, but at the end of the day, we didn't take the win. So, hey, I'm not going to say the best man won 
<laughs> I don't really necessarily agree with that. But anyways, so um, my weekend was good. Not a whole lot going on. Just typical stuff around the house. Um, how many of y'all just feel like you spend all weekend running errands and cleaning up? I feel like work days should be shorter to give us more time to tend to household chores so we don't have to spend our weekends doing that. Um, I will say that I spent several hours out in the sunshine cleaning up the backyard, and that was uh, some really good therapeutic time for me. I love to be outside when the grass is starting to grow back after the colder months and I can see the flowers starting to bloom and the plants coming alive again. Like those times make me happy. So it was great to just get out there, clean up a lot of the leaves and clean up the yard and all of the pollen and dust and debris that's been flying around from, you know, all of the winds and rain and stuff we've had this winter. I know winter is not over yet. There are some chilly days coming, but I welcome that because I definitely have missed the colder months. But anyways, it just felt good to get out and be in the sun. I am so glad y'all joined me for today's episode. I have not been doing my Fertility Fridays segments for quite a while now, just because the more I compartmentalized my topics for this podcast, the more I found myself constantly researching, collaborating, and putting stuff together like every day, all week. And it just got to be too much. So I am no longer doing Fertility Fridays. Um, I am just going to incorporate all of my fertility topics into the regular podcast that I post uh, weekly. So I think that'll be a little bit easier for me as far as time management and just all of the things that I do juggle. I work on a lot of different things every single day. So I would love to give all of my time and attention and efforts into just my podcast, but unfortunately, reality is I cannot. So today is a fertility episode, and I certainly have heard y'all's requests, and I'm going to continue to do more of the fertility topics. Um, I know I kind of have been a lot in my feels lately and just posting a lot of emotional things and October was domestic violence awareness month. So those, that was a long, um, couple of weeks of just really heavy, uh, topics of conversation and, and then the holidays were rough. So it's been a lot, a lot of talking about processing and overcoming and all of that good stuff, which of course is important to do in our lives. But as women, the whole reason why, I created the unspoken cycle was because of our unique challenges in life just because we're women and a lot of the health things that come along with that. So fertility is certainly a huge topic of conversation, not just for me personally, but among my group of friends, some family members, and certainly um, in a lot of the forums and, and places uh, that I'm involved in online. So this is what Fertility Fridays will look like going forward. It will be just my regular weekly podcast. Today's episode of The Unspoken Cycle is very near and dear to my heart. Um, it actually is piggybacking off of a blog post that I posted last week. And if you read it, thank you so much. Uh, but it was 
pretty lengthy just because I wanted to share my story, my very first um, experience with IVF and the tricky balance of hopefulness and hopelessness that it introduced into my life. Now, after having been trying to conceive with my wife for the last three years now, obviously we've had tons of disappointments and tons of moments where we felt really hopeful and excited and like, you know, success was definitely ours for the that cycle. Um, and then it wasn't. So we're not unfamiliar with the roller coaster of emotions that trying to get pregnant and grow your family definitely brings. Um, number one for us is a same sex couple. And number two for us is older women. I'm actually going to backtrack on that. Not older women as women in our early forties, <laughs> older, just that instantly made me feel really old and I'm not okay with that. However, IVF is something that so many women and couples go through and are able to be successful and get pregnant and have children. Um, they grow their families. Some women do it many, many times over and over. For us, we went into it feeling extremely hopeful because you think of IVF as like, this is the last effort. You know, this is the most advanced medicine that there is when it comes to trying to get pregnant. Uh, my wife and I are not interested in surrogacy. We are not interested in, in anything like that. So we are wanting to carry our child or children ourselves. And that's what we were hopeful for. So I went through my very first round of IVF. Um, as I mentioned in my blog post, there are a lot of really sensitive things that same-sex couples have to decide when doing IVF. So I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty of all of the decisions that we made and all of the things that we went through to get to the final transfer process just because there are some pretty intimate moments that my wife and I are not ready to share um, with the public. So fast forward, we had two embryos ready for transfer. I had been on all of my medications. I started with my birth control regimen just to regulate, you know, regulate my ovulatory cycle. Then I moved on to luprolide injections in my stomach. And then I moved on to um, estradiol pills along with the tummy injections. And then I stopped the injections and started progesterone injections, which are like the, the feared shot of, uh, well, maybe not of all of the IVF injections that you have to give yourself, but definitely progesterone injections. They're the ones that go in the butt muscle and the needles are really big and long and very intimidating and scary. And they really make your butt hurt. Like I followed all of the different tips and tricks to minimize any sort of pain and discomfort in my butt cheeks. But even today, all of these months later, there are times that I'll like 
touched the top of my butt and it's still sensitive in the places where I was doing the injections. So they're definitely not for the faint of heart. But hey, you know, we got to do what you got to do, especially when it's, you know, in an effort to bring your little one into this world. So I'm not complaining, but I'm just saying my ass still hurts. You're listening listening to The Unspoken Cycle with Leah Vaughn. Embrace your female within. So the reason why it was so important for me to talk about my transfer experience and my failed IVF cycle um, was just because our hearts yearn and long so much for success You know, every month we take that pregnancy test and all we want to see is a yes. All we want to see are double lines. And when that's not the case, it's really devastating. So when we go into something feeling like, okay, I have the biggest chance of all chances here. um, This is going to be our success. We're going to manifest it. We're going to believe in it. We're going to do all the things. You know, I was eating pineapple core. I was drinking pomegranate juice. I was taking my prenatal vitamin and my CoQ10 and my omega-3 and my vitamin E and all of these things. I was doing acupuncture. I was doing fertility massage. I was low key, you know, as far as exercise and movement, I was, wasn't doing anything too rigorous. that was going to like throw my body off. And I was very diligent about taking my thyroid meds and seeing my endocrinologist. And I felt like, you know what, there's all of the things that I'm doing right. Okay. At every single monitoring appointment I went to, which are appointments where you go in and they do a sonogram and take a look at your uterus, at the position and the lining and make sure the thickness is evolving like it's supposed to and that it's, you know, getting nice and fluffy for the embryos. And they make sure that everything on the inside and outside of your uterus looks okay, that there's no scar tissue or no signs of endometriosis. Like all of these things happen. And at every single appointment I went to, it was everything looks good. Everything's going great. Everything's progressing nicely. This is, you know, good sign, good sign, good sign. So I was just so freaking optimistic. I for sure knew this was it for us. No more IUIs, no more at-home inseminations, no more buying sperm from a sperm bank, no more working with private sperm donors, you know, all of that stuff that we've been doing so diligently over the last three years unsuccessfully, you know, it was just it. This this was it. We had embryos, two of them, and we did decide to transfer two. Um, that may be a topic of conversation I talk about on another podcast episode as far as how many embryos to transfer and grade, you know, the grade of your embryo, the health of it. Um, PGT testing, which is, you know, genetic testing and all of the different things you can do with your embryos before you actually transfer them. So anyways, our embryos were on ice. We had two of them. We decided that we wanted to do both given my age and some of my complications in the past. We thought, hey, this will give us a little bit more of an edge to be successful. Um, So we really were just hoping for one of those embryos to implant into my uterus and just one baby. But but low key, we were definitely like, if we have two bundles of joy to love, we will love both. You know, so I started to prepare my mind for a, a twin pregnancy. 
um, just so there were no surprises and just so that we would be fully emotionally ready for that commitment. So unfortunately, my transfer was not successful. And that was really devastating to me because I was for sure that it was successful. The whole entire time during my two-week wait, which is the time from the embryo transfer to the time when your anticipated period would show up, um, in between, in, in, within that time, the embryos implant and you become actually pregnant. So during that time, I was treating my body like I was pregnant. I was putting all of the things in my Amazon cart, everything times two. We were calling the babies by names. We were making, you know, plans to do small renovations around the house to accommodate this and that and talking about, you know, once the babies come and all of those things. And we were really invested in it as if we knew for sure that we were pregnant. So when we got the call, the the afternoon of uh, the day that I took my pregnancy test at the fertility clinic to either confirm I was or wasn't pregnant, the day that we got the call, we're told that I was not pregnant and that my transfer was not successful. The level of disappointment was deeper in my heart than any other month that we weren't successful. IVF for me was the answer. That was what was going to give us our success. Not only did we go through so many things physically in preparation for my IVF cycle and preparation for my transfer and preparation for pregnancy and being pregnant, especially at my age and wanting to make sure I was as healthy as possible so that I could carry these babies or this baby um, in a way that wouldn't do too much harm or damage to my body. You know, I was so invested in it in so many ways, ladies. If you're listening and you've been through IVF and you've been through failed cycles, you know where I'm coming from. Like you're so invested And to think that we did everything we possibly could have done right and and still no success, I was literally like, what the fuck else? What else is left after this? What else do I possibly do? Even if we were to choose a surrogate to carry the baby, say something was not right with my body or it wasn't safe for me to, to carry a baby or, you know, something with my uterus or something like that. It's not even guaranteed that a transfer is successful the first time with your surrogate. There are some surrogates, some women who are surrogates who try several times to get pregnant for that couple that they're caring for. And it's just, you know, it's so frustrating because you want to predict science and you want to line it all up in the exact way that everything needs to be. It's like lining up the stars, you know, it's like everything's got to be perfect. Everything's got to be aligned in just the right way for it to work. And then it doesn't. And that was just a level of grief. Number one, because I was so attached to the embryos in my womb, calling them by their names, speaking to them when I was going to my acupuncture appointments after my transfer, 
I was listening to different types of music that was relaxing. And, and in my mind, I was speaking life into these babies in my womb. I attached to them. I, in my head, was pregnant. They were there. They were real for me. They weren't just a couple of clusters of cells in my womb that I hoped would grow. Like they were, it was already happening. And that was really hard for me to wrap my head around. It definitely felt like a big loss. And the grief was difficult because unlike when we were going through our IUI procedures, IUI isn't starting out with a embryo that's already gotten through the conception, the fertilization process. You know, we had two five-day embryos. They were mid-grade, so they were healthy, not the greatest, but they were definitely of enough quality to implant and grow. So the fact that that didn't happen with both of them was just really devastating and really hard for me to wrap my head around. Um, unfortunately, that also happened the very same day we took our dog to the hospital for surgery and he ended up passing away the next day. So that whole period of time for me was so fucked up and just really devastating. And then I found myself having to deal with two different types of grief and wrap my head around it. But the IVF failure, I guess just realistically, I wasn't really thinking it would fail. And mind you, this was my first round of IVF. So for those of you who may have gone through this several times, I believe, well, I really don't know. I could be totally wrong in saying this, but after having just different conversations. I do believe that eventually you're, you go into it with the very open mindset of we're hoping for a yes, but it very well could be a no, you know, and I just didn't go into it with that kind of a mindset. I was just so banking on manifesting the positive outcome. And maybe that was my fault. Maybe I should have processed it more in a more realistic way that this is not a guarantee. But I feel like even though while I was on the the table in the the procedure room and the doctor did tell me the good embryos will stick, the bad ones won't, you know, we'll get you in here in two weeks for a blood test and then we'll know. That didn't really resonate me in a way that I felt like my embryos wouldn't stick. So it was just an unexpected loss. It was an unexpected disappointment. Even just like the cost of it, you know, couples who can't conceive, same-sex couples, lesbian couples like my wife and I, heterosexual couples experiencing um, infertility, couples who can't conceive go through so much to try to make that happen. And it's so expensive. And one of the biggest frustrations I do have today is the the failure that we endure as far as insurance coverage and everything else. It's just incredible to me that we live in a world where infertility is such a huge thing for so many women. 
And it's not like a mandatory 100% coverage with every insurance plan. It's insane. Like we live in Florida. So unfortunately, yeah, like few and far between will you find a great insurance plan that covers IVF. And it's just crazy to me. But anyway, so everything about it was just devastating. The, the, the loss and the disappointment knowing we weren't pregnant, the loss of our embryos, the loss of the finances that we invested into it. Um, right around the holidays when we were really looking forward to celebrating that with the kids and as a family and having that hope um, and excitement in our hearts. So that was definitely a, a disappointing loss, a devastating loss and something that, you know, even today is still just really hard sometimes to wrap my head around. There's a quote from Brooke Shields, who I think just hit this spot on about IVF and just kind of the path that it takes us down. She said, the difficulty of IVF or of any fertility issue is the hope and the shattered hope, the dream that it might happen this time and then it doesn't happen. And that's what I really feel like truly inspired me to want to talk about it. Going into it with so much hope and coming out of it feeling completely hopeless, shattered, like, what do we do now? Where do we go? Lost, you know, not sure how to really grieve my loss because I wasn't confirmed pregnant. So I wasn't, it wasn't a miscarriage. It wasn't a chemical pregnancy. But the embryos that could have been were inside of me. And so because I knew that, I felt like I was pregnant. I felt like they were alive and growing. And and then sometimes I felt stupid for grieving embryos. I mean, there's a lot of really difficult and complex feelings that surround, um, you know, this kind of loss. It is a loss, but sometimes my head struggles to understand what kind of loss it is. I don't think it's any greater or less than than anyone else's loss who's been going through IVF or who's experienced loss in terms of pregnancy or infertility and in, in, in relation to those things. So I won't discount it and say it doesn't matter. It definitely matters. It absolutely matters to my heart. Stay Stay tuned tuned for more empowering conversations on the Unspoken Cycle podcast. It can be so confusing just to try to figure out how to feel and what I'm supposed to do now. And I feel like IVF creates that hope for us because we know there's a really good chance in comparison to all of the other things that we have to try or can try. Um, There's a really good chance that IVF will get us to that end goal, will get us the children we want, will help us conceive, will, will be successful with IVF. You know, obviously it helps so many couples and so many women. So it, it's, it, it is a successful thing. You know, it is a great thing. There's modern medicine and technology today that are advancing us just so far forward 
with IVF and everything in the world of of fertility treatments and women battling so many health issues that cause infertility, just all of that. So you have to have hope in that. It doesn't get any more advanced than IVF, right? But then IVF is so scary and intimidating and the process of it, all of the doctor's appointments, all of the medications, all of the diligence that we have to do in our lives on a daily basis, the investment emotionally, physically, we're making a lot of sacrifices. It can take a toll on our marriages and relationships and personal lives. And there's a lot of sacrifice in IVF too. And the ultimate sacrifice is going through all of that with nothing to show for it at the end, right? What do we want to show for it? We want our babies. So that's the irony of it is it instills so much hope in us for those of us who really need it. But then it just takes it away too. like the reality of the uncertainty in IVF kind of steals that joy from us. So it's really hard. And that's why I named this episode The Unspoken Gamble, because it's a gamble. We're going into it hoping that this is what's, you know, what will be the outcome. And for so many, that's not the outcome. It's like IVF roulette. You know, and it just, it can be shitty. And again, when you have science and you're dealing with biology and and all of those biological factors and all of those scientific factors and you do everything right, quote unquote, to not be successful, um, it's tough. It's just really tough. Grieving to me is such a huge part of understanding where I still fit into the equation of IVF. My wife and I have talked about what the future looks like for us, and we have made some really important decisions for ourselves. My heart is healing and starting to regain hope, as is my body. The medications were really difficult um, on my body. The medications with such high levels of estrogen really just fought against my thyroid meds. So that was difficult and really tough on my body. I gained a lot of weight because my metabolism just took a dump on me. So now I'm in a mindset of I need to gain my body back. I need to take control back. Now that I'm not taking all of these medications and things, I'm working on my health and getting to a better um a much better place as far as my physical health. And that's part of my grieving process is we weren't successful. However, that doesn't mean we never will be. That doesn't mean success isn't in our cards. And I don't want to give up on our family. You know, in my heart and my mind, I'm not ready for that yet. Even after three years, I'm just not ready for that yet. I remember when my wife and I first started the process of trying to conceive, we kind of set our boundaries ahead, like up front. You know, we're only going to try for this long. We're only going to try, you know, these ways. It's only going to look like this for us. And if not, we'll wrap it up. Here we are three years later, having tried every way imaginable, having invested everything we possibly could. And three years later, (laughs) 
you know, because when your heart wants what it wants, you can't convince it to give up or you can't convince it it's time to stop trying when you just really want that so deeply. And us being two women, especially, you've got two maternal instincts collaborating with each other on this one. So that's one massive mama wanting to be, you know, and yeah, we're just not ready to throw in the towel yet, but only we know what the future process looks like for us and, and what we're willing to do and and unwilling to do to hopefully achieve that. But grieving is just kind of always there. You know, there's always the thought processes behind the complication of IVF, the even if we do try again, is it just going to be another disappointment? Are we going to invest all of these resources into failure after failure? At what point do we stop torturing our hearts with hope and then hopelessness, you know, and that vicious cycle? I think it's important that we give ourselves the space the self-care, the love, the nurturing that we need to get through a failed cycle of IVF, going into something with so much hope and investment and coming out of it with so much feeling of loss and devastation um, is really hard on us emotionally, mentally, physically. We have to take care of ourselves. If you're going through these things, allow yourself to process what you're actually going through and what you've just been through. It's a lot. And then our bodies start to detox from taking all of the medications. And it's just a tough toll that it takes on us in so many different ways. But at the end of the day, how do we continue forward if that's what we want to do? For some people, a failed IVF cycle will be it. You have to grieve that. You have to grieve that loss and you have to grieve the end of that chapter in your life, for sure. And for some, another cycle will begin. Maybe not right away, maybe right away. How, though, do we maintain hope when the reality is this may be another cycle of devastation? And that may sound morbid and grim, but that's truth. That's the truth of the gamble of IVF. There is no guarantee. So even if we move on to another cycle, it could be another cycle of the roller coaster of hope and hopelessness, of excitement and disappointment, of anticipation and grief. That's the reality of IVF. And we have to be able to figure that part out, right? So when we're ready to move on, how do we really hold on to that hope? My biggest piece of advice to anyone listening to this who is going through IVF, either getting ready to do it for the first time or trying to figure out if that's right for them or this is the umpteenth cycle. Hope is the light at the end of the tunnel. Hope is closing your eyes and envisioning those teeny tiny little fingers wrapping them wrapping themselves around your finger. Hope is changing those diapers in the hospital room. Hope is breastfeeding and nurturing your baby if that's what you choose to do. Hope is so many things at the end of it all. Hope is your baby. 
allow that love that you already have for a child that isn't yet conceived or isn't yet born onto this earth. Allow that love to be what fuels your hope. Don't allow the disappointments and the what ifs and the uncertainties to discourage you and bring you down because the reality is they're always going to be there. We have to choose what we fight for. And when we go into IVF, we're fighting for our family. We're fighting for our little ones that we're bringing into this world. That is what we were fighting for. And that is more precious than anything. Keep your eyes and your hearts on that end result. That is what will fuel your hope to continue moving forward. Join our private community of women at theunspokencycle.com. Embrace your female within. I want to end today with a passage from the blog post on my website, theunspokencycle.com. This is the end of the passage, and I just want to read it to you because I feel like this is probably what a lot of us feel when going through IVF and having experienced a failed. IVF cycle. I wrote, there are a lot of things I've hated about this process. I hate that the road has been this long, this unfair, and this hard. I hate that no matter how hard I prepped my body for this, it still couldn't execute what it needed to to succeed. I hate that I had to stick my body with painful needles for months just for a maybe. I hate that I gained 25 pounds without so much as a sonogram to show for it. I hate that I loved those M babies so much so soon. And I hate that now I'm heartbroken for this loss. And yes, this is a loss. I hate that I'm grieving another disappointing month of hearing, sorry, not this time. And I really truly do hate IVF. Not for the opportunities that it gives couples and women like my wife and I to try and grow our family. But I hate it for the fact that it simply cannot promise me success. It cannot promise me a baby to hold in the end. And this is the most clinically advanced option that we have. There's nothing that'll work better for us than IVF at this point. However, all that to say, there are also a lot of things that I've loved about the process. I've loved the moments leading up to transfer day that bonded my wife and I closer together than ever. I love the days that I was able to assume that I really was finally pregnant. And I love that in those moments, I truly believed it and I was truly happy. I love that through the turbulence of medications and nausea and weight gain and bloat, I learned more about my body that I needed to. And I love that I know how to better nurture it now. I love the passion and excitement that my wife and I shared and share in this, and I love how much we desire to be parents together. And finally, I love that despite all of the above, the high highs and the low lows, I'm ready to do it all over again, even if just for a maybe. How's that a maybe baby for you? Again, ladies, keep your eye on that end goal that baby that's waiting to stare at you longingly in the eyes to say, hi, mama, I'm finally here. The love that you'll feel at the end of this journey will carry your hope through 
for however many cycles you're ready to try. But don't give up. Don't stop this process. Don't allow hopelessness to drive that decision for you. Stop when you're ready, when you're truly ready. But until then, stay hopeful. I just want to plug my favorite fertility doctors, the ones who've helped me in so many ways, some for short periods of time in my journey and some for longer. But they are amazing. They are professional. They are brilliant in all that they do. Shout out to Dr. Lucky Seacon with RMA of New York in New York City and surrounding areas. Shout out to Dr. Amy, the egg whisperer. She is brilliant and innovative in so many ways. And she also has a podcast where she gives so much helpful information to women just like you and I. And shout out to my fertility doctor here in Jacksonville, Florida with Brown Fertility, Dr. Brown. He is someone who will shoot it to you straight but also give you all of the information, tools, and resources that you need to bring that precious life into this world. So ladies, we can do this. Being IVF mamas makes us stronger together and stronger through all of these experiences. But we will continue this fight for our family, for our little loved one who isn't even born yet, but has no idea how much they are loved and desired and being fought for to get into this world already with us. If you have not yet, please like and subscribe to my podcast. Definitely visit theunspokencycle.com. Join the community. There are so many other women, IVF mamas, who are going through the same thing, who need support and love and community and camaraderie and want to build their tribes. They are waiting for you. It's free to sign up. What are you waiting for? Until next time, ladies. Stay strong. Thank you for listening to The Unspoken Cycle with Leah Vaughn. Remember to embrace your female within and connect with our community at theunspokencycle.com. Until next time, take care.